Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No you are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Cats. Tonight is a magical night where I choose the cat that deserves a new life. Going to the ball could get dangerous. <laughs> Come on! Let's dance! I judge a cat by its soul. I've got plenty of soul. Spotlight! And a drum roll, please. It's party time! The most deserving cat will be reborn into another life. So they can be who they've always dreamed of being. What's your name? Cat got your tongue? Here we go! Don't mess with the crazy cat lady. Now it is time to make the choice. Right, well that's not going to work, is it? <laughs> that's what I say to you. <laughs> Cross pause. Come, we're about to begin. I love it. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Cats, and the story is as follows. Hold on. <laughs> Tell us about Wait it. Wait a minute. Sorry, that was hysterical. There is a story to this, right? Yes. Seriously? Yes. Okay. I guess if I had to do my absolute best, I would say something along the lines of a tribe of cats must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heavy side lair and come back to a new life. The film is starring James Corden, Judy Dench, Jason Derulo, or as one might say, Jason Derulo, Idris Elba, Jennifer Hudson, Ian McKellen, Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, and Francesca Hayward. It is written and directed by the much beloved, not... Uh, at all internet uh, evil to film Twitter, Tom Hooper, and co-written by Lee Hall. Join me for this uh, wondrous Jellicle podcast review. I have Dan Bear. Good morning. And Cody Derricks. Hi, Jellicle kittens. Meow. So, uh, where do we start? Um, I'll say this. You are being generous, Matt, in the synopsis by saying they're cats. <laughs> cats people (laughs) cgi nightmarish inducing like Uh, where i just okay i'm I'm gonna try really really hard to um explain some of my thoughts on cats but holy hell if this movie does not make it incredibly difficult i will start off by saying that i have never seen cats on broadway prior to watching uh this monstrosity of a film from Tom Hooper. (laughs) I 
had maybe listened to the cast recording once in high school. I did four years of uh, high school theater. Um, I, I went through a phase where I love musicals, still do, you know, for the people out there that want to know a little bit more about me. And I never, like, this was, like, for all intents and purposes, like, kind of my first experience with Cats. So I didn't know what you guys probably knew heading in. So my dumbfounded, baffled, completely what-the-fuck reaction was probably something that uh, was unique to me. But you guys probably sat through it and just thought, fuck, this is just a bad movie. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, that's where we're at, right? Like, this is just a really awful movie, and it's mostly stemmed from the fact that the original story itself, uh, the Broadway show, is inherently also awful and does not translate well to film. Is that is that like the basis well, for this? Here's essentially, the thing. there's not... no story to the show. Yeah. The story is well. That's what I. That's yeah, what I mean. The yeah, show about cats begging for death, and they tried to add plots to the movie, which only made it more confusing. There's a weird like villain undercurrent running throughout the whole thing that's not at all menacing there's a lot more dialogue kind of telling you like oh and now we're gonna do this and it just gives it this air of like trying to be grounded in a show that should have no feet on the ground truly yeah i mean this is the thing cats is not really a musical it's a song cycle it's a bunch of songs that are loosely like and very loosely connected around a theme which in this case is the T.S. Eliot poems, you know, it's just about all these different cats that someone made up and it's just a character, like about these different characters. It's not even about how they interact with each other or anything like that. And the, honestly, the fact that a musical so weird and strange managed to become, you know, the fourth run longest running Broadway show in history is still unbelievable to me well part of the the problem with the translation to the film is that part of the reason the show was such a hit is because there's no context and no story and i know for a fact that a lot of international visitors to new york could see the show who like didn't necessarily speak english because it doesn't fucking matter with the show (laughs) and so trying to shoehorn (laughs) in more shit while removing the one thing that makes cats good is which is like (laughs) unstoppable dance breaks is just like not understanding the material. Yeah. I, I think, was it, was it you Cody who was saying yeah. that like, this is shorter, not because they removed much of anything. They think they cut one song. Yeah. I went through the track listing all after the, the show. Dance breaks. <laughs> yeah. I went through the track listing of the show after the movie. There's nothing cut except for like one 15 minute racist dream ballet in act two. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it's all there. You know what I feel like the kind of movie Cats is and the kind of show it is, too? It's the kind of thing that I feel like um, we would get a joke uh, from Seth Rogen in one of his comedies where he'd be like, let's go do shrooms and watch Cats. (laughs) You know, like that's what it feels like. It just feels like a punchline to be used because I really did try afterwards. I really did try to ask myself, okay, there is a – there's barely a story here, but okay, they are trying to tell the story of these introductions of all these characters and how each one of them feels like that they're worthy for this other life. And I was trying to figure out, like, what is the actual real human connection here? What is the thing that we are supposed to latch on to as viewers? And because if not, it is just a bunch of songs about people that we don't 
care about. Thank you for calling them people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. You're right. God. Very, very important. There is some sort of uh, foreign uh, Japanese hybrid going on between human and cats, and that's how we ended up with this movie, I'm sure. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, the whole point of cats is that they're not cats. We're watching humans who are dancing and acting like cats. And that, to the extent that cats is fun and to the extent that I enjoy it, it's because of that. It's all about watching people move like cats. And, oh, I have such mixed feelings about the choice to do this digital fur thing. Um, Please, digital fur technology. It has a name. Fine, digital fur technology. I, I am. I have such mixed feelings about it. I because let me tell you, I like really hated it at first. It was it was weird and strange, and it didn't look right. But after a while, I got used to it and realized, oh, okay, this they're just trying to do a like big screen cinematic version of the the costumes and wigs and makeup that they wear the actors wear in the stage show because but this was all stuff that we got our first glimpse of when we uh talked about the trailer right. when it dropped and i was surprised because i knew that uh, the thing to be excited about with this was a potential for um, interesting blend of makeup and CGI. Instead, they went full CGI. Yeah. And Oops. that was very disappointing to me. Um, so much so that I will admit that there are certain moments where the digital capturing of uh, some of these actors' faces, like Ian McKellen, Judy Dench, people that have like really definable features. Um, like on their faces, um, especially during close-ups, like Jennifer Hudson, uh, when she's singing like memory and the camera gets really, really close. Some of it looks really, really good. But then you get some where I, it definitely ventures into the uncanny valley aspect where I, I don't know if you guys got the sense of this. I sometimes felt like the visual effects may not have been fully complete. Uh, oh, I, I agree oh, because terrible. There's, there's some characters that look like cats, like Judy Dench and McKellen, as you were saying, look like cats. Then they they're the like the the most successful hybrid, this unholy yeah. alliance between cat and human. But then some like Mungus Trap, who's the narrator, the gray male cat. It's just a man's face. <laughs> it's just a man's face with ears. Yeah, and the same thing um, with Victoria, who's the the fem- the white cat, the female lead. It's just like you didn't did you bother putting any fur on her face or hair like it just doesn't look good and what's worse is that when they're moving and dancing as fast and the camera is moving so fast and the editing is cutting so fast the vfx go completely to shit they you can't tell what anyone's shape is where the hair moves it it's it's terrible. It just looks. Oh, see now, you know what the thing was that did it for me was um, honestly, and this isn't this isn't having anything to do so much with the visual effects, but just in terms of my uh, disenjoyment of watching some of these musical numbers play out when I should have been thoroughly entertained at least by uh, the dancing and the singing and so on and so forth. This movie is edited so much mm-hmm. when it honestly does not need to be. 
I started counting like how many times there were cuts done during the musical numbers. And I remember just thinking to myself, um, what a joy and what a thrill it was to watch something like Rocketman earlier this year. And uh, when they're doing Saturday nights or for fighting and the camera mm. is following Taryn and then it pulls back and you have all these extras and it's just one shot and everybody's dancing in the background and everything. Like, that's the kind of stuff that for me, it's like, I, show me the scale, show me the choreography, show me the effort that went into to make this look like it was well composed and well done. Instead, I'm getting all these different edits and it's happening so rapidly and so fast. And all it says to me is Tom Hooper might be trying to hide something because maybe he does not have the digital technology worked out as well as he would have hoped. I don't know, but that's what message it's sending to me. So is... The editing is frantic and scary and jumbled and confusing, but also there's conversely an uneasy amount of like silence and sometimes yes. remember they'll just end and the cast will be just breathing and looking at each other with this like tension. And in that moment, there's like nothing to do, but the audience has to like reflect upon what they're viewing. And it's really just not, not a good experience. The, there is nothing that upsets me more than when you cannot watch dancers dance in a movie because there's so much camera movement and cutting that you just can't see it. And there was so many moments of that in this movie. And like, even because it's lit so terribly moments when the camera isn't really moving that much. Like I really like Skimble Shanks, the railway cat is my usually my favorite part of the show. And there were even moments when the camera was still and he was just dancing that I could barely see what he was doing because the lighting in this is so terrible. I actually was a fan at first of the color scheme, you know, um, the red, the yellow lights. And I was kind of like on board with it at first. But like I said, the film's editing uh, never takes a moment to breathe and get me to appreciate some of the well-composed shots or composed, um, I'm sorry, or uh, choreographed numbers that on a visual level, I was able to appreciate. Instead, all I was thinking of while watching this movie was, uh, I'm not, like, I knew Dan Howitt was writing the written review for this. I knew I was going to have to do the podcast review. But man, did I regret not taking drugs before watching this movie then. <laughs> I was like, man, the one thing that could have caused me some form of enjoyment while watching this, I, I, I could have been tripping. And it's like, I never want to watch it again now at this point. So that's a missed opportunity if there ever Honestly, was one. <laughs> I don't think that that would even help. Really? Right, no. The Speaking from experience, Dan, so, it is so <laughs> ugly and garish and tacky looking. It just looks cheap. And I know that the production designers did a whole lot of work building these crazy sets, but everything has this sickly digital sheen to it. And even the things that are real look like they were green screened. And the whole thing is both insane and not insane enough. It's not like nearly yes. There's a weird like groundedness to it again in the way that they added re like spoken dialogue and this plot and it makes you not able to just kind of like ride the ride and just you know enjoy the yes. chaos. Completely agreed. Okay, now god. The next thing I want to know is because this is such a odd movie in the sense that like there's a lot of character, not a lot of story like at all. I'm curious to know who is at least your favorite character or um, was there a favorite song number? Um, 
in the, in this movie, particularly in this movie, not tied to the Broadway I can show. Can easily say, yeah, Ian McKellen, and it's not even close. Ian McKellen <laughs> is by far the best performance in the movie. Yeah, um, and with so Jamie... much to, so that this isn't a spoiler. I, I don't care. So much <laughs> so that um, it is <laughs> seen as kind of unfair at the end when his character isn't chosen to go to the heavy side layer. See, so this is the thing they. They screwed up the or like they kept all the songs, but screwed around with the order just a little bit. And that screwing with the order completely ruins that character. They they took out a performance that Gus the theater cat does, which there is every reason to, frankly. It's the it's my least favorite part of the show, but it at least in the recent Broadway revival that they did, they put that near the end of the show before uh, Grizabella does the big memory reprise that everyone, you know, is the big moment that everyone loves. And so in that moment, you feel bad, like you feel so much for both of these two cats, but you understand why old Deuteronomy makes the choice to let Grizabella ascend to the heavy side layer. And they put, Gus's number so early in this that it Sir Ian is doing such a great performance and he gets no opportunity to follow it through basically because of the screwing around they did with the order. So he gives by far the best performance in the show in the movie, but I think the best part and number in the movie is the Jellicle ball, which is the like 10 minute dance sequence that comes about halfway through the show because they finally shut the fuck up and just dance. And that's all (laughs) I want to see from cast. And the dancing really is good. It's impressive. (laughs) I I really like that point too, actually, Cody. I like that. I actually like the opening number, the Jellicle, uh, I don't know what the hell Jellicle shit, you know? (laughs) Oh, it was, I was, I was Jellicle too in the deep end of um, confusion and crying that I could not really get on board with that. <laughs> I, I liked it. I, I don't know why I liked it, but I did like it. Something about it was just weird enough, but also with like the kind of this upbeat tone. Um, and I will say this, um, the repeated line of, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but like the fact that I, this is my first time watching the show and this line sticks out to me this much because of how much it was repeated, um, it says something. Uh, something along the lines of like, oh, how there was a never, uh, how there was a never more mystical ever something, Mister Mistopheles. Like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> like, well, never, never well, was there ever, ever a cat, cat so, so clever, clever as Mister Mistopheles. Come on, <laughs> let me tell you something, okay? The fact that that line is said, I think, fifty times in this movie. All right, yeah. it's like, it, it felt like this movie was almost like trying to pummel me uh, into loving it. In some form, way, either loving it because there are people who generally love uh, cats, loving it because it's so bad it might be good. No. You know what I mean? Like, there definitely was that quality of how I felt watching something like Serenity earlier this year, where it's like, this is so trashy and so campy and so over the top and just so, like, filled with what the fuckery that I'm kind of enjoying myself right now. (laughs) I wish that it was so what the fuck is going on? This is incredible as Serenity was. And for me, it just wasn't. It was just bad. It was just poorly done on every level. Serenity had this kind of like balls to the wall, like really sincerely what the fuck quality to it. Whereas Katz is just like, 
it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I if like, I could know I was seeing a screening that was like Rocky Horror Levels Midnight, and people have said as much. Yeah. I'm not the first one to say this. If it could be a insane midnight, everybody screaming at the screen nonstop yeah. in both horror and delight, then like, sure, I think I would enjoy my time with it. But just yeah. sitting in a theater with like kind of muted snickers from the all homosexual audience that I watched it with <laughs> at 10:30 at night, that was kind of just uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's not bad in a fun way. It's just bad. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. I knew I knew I was definitely in for a rough time when I checked my watch 15 minutes in. I, I knew I was definitely in for it at that point. I was like, oh, no, there is still – and every 15 minutes or so, I kept checking my watch because at a certain point, I realized what it was that was happening, which was, you know, oh, my God, they're just doing character introduction after character introduction after character introduction, and I don't understand what it, the point of any of it is. So I just wanted to get the hell out of there at a certain point. Uh, but there was like this weird – God, this movie's filled with so many bad cat puns. I'm afraid to make one here myself. But Curiosity killed the cat, and I stayed all the way through (laughs) to watch the rest of it. And I I will say this. I will say that for me, I know that there are so many people out there that are saying it is a truly awful movie, and it is. Mm. It really is. It's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. But... There is a bit of imagination put into this, in the production design, in the visuals, in everything else, that there is this like trippy element to it that for me, um, 
I kind of want to watch it again, but more so like under like different circumstances. Like, like if it was like a dare, if a friend of mine was like, yo, I dare you to watch cats again, like, or something like that. And like, we were having fun and you know, there were people present and I don't know, we were like rip roarously drunk or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. But like, I feel like in order for me to watch it again, I have to watch it inebriated. I can never watch it sober again. That's for sure. For me, as someone who genuinely likes the show, it just made me sad <laughs> because it's neither a good representation of the musical nor a so bad it's good camp classic. And it really desperately needed to be one of those things. <laughs> See, I wonder if because I haven't seen the show before, I wonder if that's why I feel uh, one way about it uh, versus you, Dan. I don't have that comparison to make then, you know? Uh, certainly possible. I yeah. I was just. I will I will say this. I was I liked the McCavity number. Okay. Taylor Swift. Wait, question about this. Really quick before we get to Tay Tay. <laughs> Someone for the love of God, can anyone here please explain to me what the magic powers that McCavity has and like like Oh, he obviously is What is going on there? What is happening? He's turning them to dust and then they reappear on the barge, which is on a different planet. Don't worry about it. Are you serious? <laughs> no, of course not. That does not happen in the musical. In the musical, he literally just steals old Deuteronomy. And then Mr. Mistopheles magics old Deuteronomy back. That's it. And like I get that if you, you know, because of studio Hollywood, whatever you need to turn this into a movie with more of a plot. Fine. That it makes as much sense as anything, I guess. But, uh, I, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because he's stealing these characters that we have no connection to. And, you know, Idris Elba is, does a fine job of it, but, there's not enough stakes established. Like he doesn't give a reason why he wants to win or be reborn in the heavy side layer. And that's the thing of the show. Like none of them really give a reason except for Grizabella, which is why she gets the opportunity. And uh, I don't know. It just, how did we get here? It's truly best not to think about it. It really is. It really I'm not, is. I'm not one to advocate turn your brain off watching of a film, but I... In this case. <laughs> I, either turn your brain off or, like we keep saying, heavily chemicalize it, like alter it or something. Yeah, because I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know how else to possibly ever appreciate ever watching this again any other way. There's nothing to appreciate. I mean... But there's something to appreciate about the Broadway musical, like you said there, Dan. But that's the, but that's because, and I'm as like, why couldn't that translate over to here? Is I guess what I'm trying to get. I, at. I won't get into too much of it because this is the subject of a blog post I'm writing for the site, and I'll leave most of my thoughts on that for that. But I'll just say this: there, it, there are the suspension of disbelief that you have to put into a stage production is very different than the suspension of disbelief you have to put into a movie. Okay. And a lot of the reason why cats works on stage is because there's that agreement between the production and the audience that we are watching P 
people in cat costumes pretend to be cats. And you can't really do that in a movie because it it's on a screen. Like there, there's something ineffable and magical about watching the people live in front of you do this. Can we, could we say it's something jellical? I mean, yeah, if you want. Yeah, totally. I got to say, for the record, every <laughs> single time I listen to that opening number and they say jellical, all I hear is genitals every single time. So now it's like I, I play that song back and it's like genitals, genital cats. And I'm just like, oh, man, this makes the song like oh boy. two and a half times better. <laughs> So I kind of going off what you're saying, Dan, part of the uh, part of the problem, one of the many problems with this movie <laughs> is that part of the like weird appeal of the stage show is how it's like a little bit spooky and scary. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because it's people dressed like cats and crawling around and it's, it's a little almost perverse. And the show, the movie has that same element, but it went the more expensive and uncanny direction of this CGI. So I don't know why they didn't just dress people up and put the makeup on, which would again be a far less expensive endeavor and would still <laughs> yield the same result. They, they try to make everybody lovable in this. And like, there's never a moment where you forget who it is that you're watching. There's never a moment where you're like, oh, that's Rebel Wilson. That's James Corden. You know, that it never, ever happens. And it's it's playing off of so much who these people are. It feels like they're all just playing versions of themselves. You know what I mean? Yes. doesn't feel like they're playing actual characters. Yeah, I they a lot a lot of the casting doesn't make sense, frankly, to me. But the casting that does make sense is perfect because they're they don't really have to act all that much. They're playing some ver- a cat version of themselves, basically. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, you, we mentioned uh, Taylor Swift before. Um, I think a lot of people uh, might be shocked to find out that Taylor Swift isn't the lead of this movie. It is uh, Francesca Haywood, or, uh, who's a newcomer. Um, so, because I think the marketing is like so heavily focused around Taylor Swift that people get confused probably when they watch the movie. For what it's worth, though, her number singing about McCavity, I uh, I got I got quite a kick out of it. I thought that was uh, really well done. Well, first of all, I mean, like it, it, back in early reports, it was reported somewhere that she was actually playing a new cat. So I was shocked that the new song in the movie went to Francesca Hayward and not her, um, and that mm-hmm. she was singing McCavity. I was very impressed with how well she performed the number. I also thought that was outside of the opening bit. I think that was probably the most well-conceived part of the movie. Oh, I I do have a note here. I, I, um, that I do like the railway number with the tap dancer. The railway number is great. And that is like the only I think it's the only number in the movie that like utilizes shot scale to its benefit. <laughs> yeah, I have I have another note here. Uh, some musical numbers are better better than others, um, and I full heartedly agree with that. I, listen, you know, it's like if you like musical theater, um, there are some numbers here that even though on a storytelling level they don't exactly make sense, you can't deny that the music is fun to listen to. Um, watching the 
performers. Um, even though it is CGI, there is a bit of motion capture work going on here. So you know that this that they actually did do these uh, dancing moves, and you know that they actually, um, you know, moved like cats. So I don't know. There is something to, I guess, appreciate a little bit there, you know? It's just inconsistent. It's, yeah, it's I so mean, inconsistent. And, like, there are so many, like, a lot of the dancing looks cool, but the digital fur technology looks so bad during those moments that I can't see the dancing. I only see how bad the visual effects look. And there's no unity okay, of fair. kind of shot composition and yeah. uh, direction besides just general terror. Uh, I, oh, it, Lord. Because the memory, the memory numbers are all like in shaky cam, classic lame is Tom Hooper close up. I couldn't so that's deal with like it. Practically nauseating. And couldn't then, like you were saying, it. the Skimbleshanks number it pulls the camera so far back at one point that they look like mm-hmm. just miniaturized yeah. abominations tap dancing across a bridge. It's oh, speaking of miniaturized, what did you guys think of the uh, CGI cockroaches and oh, mice? Okay, hold on, hold on. No good. <laughs> a really not good. B, why are they the only... Okay. Okay. So the movie opens with... We see a woman's feet, and that's like the only human we see. But we don't get to see all of them. And then at one point later in the movie, we hear a dog barking, and but we don't see it. So that it kind of implies that like this is a world for just cats. But then we see mice and cockroaches with uh, human faces, and the mice have the faces of... Um, trapped children so i don't really know what the unity of idea is there it really breaks its own rules it's so strange and so unnecessary and uh to have that be in the second number in your movie is bold i will say yeah (laughs) i will say the other thing that's also extremely strange about this movie to me um is like I said, the fact that there's no story, essentially, or very, very, very little story, fine, okay, um, make the numbers at least somewhat entertaining, but they can't because of this blend of technology that they're utilizing. So uh, then it's like you guys mentioned before that there are these uh, dialogue scenes that are also thrown in to kind of try and flesh out the story uh, a little bit. And those fail, too, uh, because I think I wrote down every single uh, cat pun line. <laughs> That was used in the movie. Um, I have cat got your tongue. Um, I have uh, don't mess with the crazy cat lady. And at a certain point, I just am like, why? It, don't mess with the crazy cat lady is especially egregious because that implies that she is the uh, sentient combination of human and cat that we all fear her to be because she's a cat <laughs> lady. So putting that line in really was just really showing themselves. I mean, it doesn't work also because... It, she says it genuinely, like she doesn't say it with her tongue in cheek, like they kind of do with "Cat got your tongue" and some of the other ones. She says it genuinely, sincerely. Like there's no winking at the audience. There's no fun with that line. It's just she oh says it. oh wait a minute, winking at the audience. Judy Dench breaking the fourth wall at the end. Oh, I felt traps. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I. There, there's literally no other way to do the addressing of cats than that because that's what it is. So, but they ha- because they use Victoria, um, the white cat, as Dan, an you're about to say my exact point as the because they surrogate. use her as an audience surrogate throughout the movie. There's no establishment of talking to the audience. <laughs> 
so it doesn't work. All of a sudden, she's talking to you, but the other cats are looking at her. They're not looking at the audience. So it 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 just ugh, it makes no sense. There's no reason for it, and like it's not that that number is one of the best ones in the show. So just cut it and find something else. It it honestly like. I felt genuinely uncomfortable having these really horrifying looking creatures stare at me. I, I, I like I, if Dan, if they all started looking at us, if they all broke the fourth wall, I would have had a heart attack and I would have had to have left the theater. Well, I don't know if I could have handled it. The horrifying experience yes. already is. Yes. And I can at least appreciate that because it's yeah. like we're going to end this with the biggest jump scare of all time. And that would be really just treasured by me. Oh, man, I, I already know for a fact that even though this is presented as entertaining, uh, bubbly, very, very nice popcorn entertainment, I, I, I know for a fact that I will have a nightmare at some point of a walking human lifelike size cat. And it's going to deeply disturb me for the rest of my life. Another thing, too, I just want to point out, um, it was also extremely, extremely odd when certain characters wore clothes and then all of a sudden they weren't wearing clothes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Idris Elba looks like a naked man. It's no good. Yeah. There's nothing down there for obvious reasons. Um, but it, it doesn't change the fact that the effect is still extremely discomforting and very odd to witness. <laughs> I Look, it, it's also they they kept the Jenny Annie Dots costume change without making it clear that what the first thing she's wearing is is a costume. Oh yeah, there's three moments of Catherine <laughs> moving their own flesh in this movie. It's really bad. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> it it just it it just makes it like look, I liked the King's speech. I thought the reason that I didn't like Les Mis was more because of the material than the style, although the style didn't help. But this, I, I don't know who looked at those movies and said, you know, we had this Cats movie. Tom Hooper's the man for the job. I, I don't know who made that decision. Because the things that Tom Hooper excels at are not in this movie at all. Nothing, and he tries to like wrestle it to into submission to be the things that he likes, like turning Jennifer Hudson's number into a blatant ripoff of "I Dreamed a Dream," and it doesn't work. I think what it just boils down to in the end is this material is not something that you could ever bring to the screen and have it work as a movie. It just doesn't work in this medium. The only way to do it is to literally film the stage production, which they already did. And it that captures the feeling of like what it's that captures the feeling of the show. <sighs> All right. Shall we get to final thoughts? Please. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, honestly, 35 minutes in, I think is more than enough than this movie uh, even ever deserved. But goddamn. All right. Final thoughts. Dan, what do you got? I the, just the thing that I hate most about this movie is that it's just too dull and boring and bad on a basic level to be any fun at all. Like I can't. 
It's not a movie that I can enjoy how bad it is. It's just bad. All right. All right. This is the point where it's like you say to yourself, man, I really hope nobody from Universal listens to this. I, you know what? Let them listen to it because I want them to know that when this is a huge box office bomb, it's not because people don't want to see musicals. It's because the specific choices they made for this specific musical were terrible. All right. Fair enough. Cody? I'm about the same. It's, uh, insane but not insane enough it's scary but could be scarier it's not pretty it's very grotesque it's um uh, it's cats <laughs> that's all i gotta say <laughs> cats, baby <laughs> for better and worse forget about it matt it's cats <laughs> i want to have no memory of cats that's that's how i feel right now uh i got nothing else to really add to this because honestly it's just been such a clusterfuck of a feeling trying to weave through my thoughts of cats i don't even know what to make of it i i can't remember the last time i walked out of a movie and i was that dumbfounded um i didn't know how to explain my thoughts i I immediately messaged daniel howitt because he was the one that was writing the review for that and i just messaged him and i was like good luck because i don't know what you're gonna say (laughs) when you have to put it down on the page um and then he even messaged me back and he was like, you know, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Just go, just go in on it. Just, just, you know, tear it apart. I don't know. <laughs> have fun with it. At the end of the day, it's like, it's a movie that you can't have fun with. Like you said, Dan, it, 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 it results to a big, big pile of nothing. It's not, like you said, Cody, it's not too dark. It's not too light. It's not too entertaining. It's not too campy. It's like it never fully commits to one of these things over the other. Um, And in the end, I think it's just a really, really poorly made musical that will be forgotten about. Um, Although, you never know. Maybe it will become a cult classic. Maybe it really will become like that Rocky Horror uh, midnight movie experience for some people. I don't know. I can't see that happening. You don't don't think? No. I think it's going to be – I think it's already a non-starter. I think it's enough of like just a a swing and a miss that it's not going to excite people. So grade-wise, I was very, very tempted to give this movie a – one out of 10, which is my lowest rating possible. And for me, whenever I give that rating, that rating symbolizes to me that you are one of the worst movies that I have ever seen. However, there is a part of me that uh, can't do that here because even though this was not my experience watching it this time around, there is a part of me that wants to, you know, trip balls, watch it again. And I feel like the experience will be so much better. Uh, For that reason, I'm going with a two out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've never really advocated for anyone ever taking drugs my entire life, but more than I have on this podcast today. It, this is definitely <laughs> a very interesting uh, podcast review for that reason alone. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Uh, hmm. I am kind of toying between a two and a three out of ten, just because, like, for me, there's something about that one or two out of 10 that is just like for things that are so spectacularly awful and cats is not that but it it, like i said it's too boring to to be that and it's too poorly made to be good there are there are some parts of it that you know i i liked ish i don't 
I, I want to give it no grade at all, frankly. <laughs> like, it doesn't even deserve a grade. <laughs> um, but I, I'll go with a 2 out of 10. Okay. High, a high 2 out of 10, but a 2 out of 10. All right. Cody? Yeah, I'm between a 2 and a 3. I mean, the visceral reaction it gave me is something that I can't really... Uh, discredit because it, it was an emotional response, just not for the right reasons. It was, you know, generalized terror and confusion. So that's evocative by its very definition. So I have to give it some credit. So I think I'm sitting at a three. Not an enthusiastic one, obviously, if you can be enthusiastic about a three out of ten. <laughs> <sighs> Jeez Louise. Okay. Oscar potential for cats. Uh, it's not getting nothing. Once that song got disqualified, it was its hopes were gone. I it could potentially sneak into the VFX just because like the whole new technology thing as a nominee, you know, with the bake off of people are really impressed by all the work they did. I could see it getting a nomination, but it's in no way in hell is it winning. If Cass gets nominated over the Irishman, I will personally go two Academy members' houses, and I will force them to watch Cats. Because <laughs> I can't think of a more severe form of punishment. <laughs> it's just so poorly done. I Well, okay, uh, no, there's one other. I could see it sneaking into production design. No, Eve no. Stewart, Eve, Eve Stewart is a legend. They, It's certainly the most production design of any movie this year. The I. I would. I don't personally think it should be nominated, but I could see it happening. I think the problem with that in general. I think the whole problem with this movie's Oscar potential is that there are better movies, and all, all these fields right now are crowded. There's no field that Cats is like competing in where it's like a set five and that's it. And Cats is one of those five. So when you have other movies that people are going to feel more passionately about to choose from, I, I just don't see how it breaks in. Um, and now, like you said, Cody, now that the song has now made the short list, the beautiful ghost song, um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm struggling because I think I do have it predicted as of right now for a visual effects nomination. I'm toying with the idea of pulling that out, actually, because – that Bake Off response, I, I don't know if Will is uh, attending uh, the Bake Off again this year, but I would love to know the response in the room yes. to it because I'm sure that they will tout mm-hmm. it as being this groundbreaking thing. But hearing from people that are actually in the room what they really thought about it, uh, that will be very, very interesting. Okay. That does it for Cats. We spent 40 minutes talking about Cats. I really thought we were going to spend 15. <laughs> I was I was hoping to set a record for like shortest podcast review that we've ever done. <laughs> we would have just started off by saying what the fuck is going on and then we would have just gotten out of here. Ended it right there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man, this movie. Seriously. Oh god, this movie. Tom Hooper. You know, Tom Tom he just does not help himself. He just doesn't help no. his cause at all. He just there's a reason he's film Twitter's number one most hated director, I think. <laughs> Well, the reason is because so. he, you know, won when David Fincher didn't. I, that's the the only reason. 
Well, no, no, no. That was the start of it. Then there was Les Mis. Then there was the Danish girl. I mean, it's not just one thing, Dan. Yeah, he's been failing oh, upwards right. for the truly Danish this entire strong. decade. Yeah. He started the decade strong and he's ending the decade strong, so. <laughs> he's, ending, he's ending the decade very strong. Listen, we're talking just about Just the opposite we're direction. We're talking about him bookending the decade. Uh, we so are, we are. Congratulations. We are. Indeed, we are. It is, that is true. That is true. I, I want to see him go back and make a uh, television miniseries like John Adams. That, that would be, I would like he that needs a lot. He to stick to character dramas where he can actually work with actors because that is his strength oh man we got through it dan where can i find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at dance and dan on film cody you can find me everywhere at cody monster 91 and listen to my horror movie podcast you can find us at halloweeners pod and you can find me talking about the nightmares that cats gave me on twitter at next best picture thank you so much everyone for listening to our review of cats here on the next best picture podcast you can subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud google play stitcher tune and player fma cast cast box and also on spotify be sure to leave us a review on apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show we really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can lend on over at patreon for one dollar minimum a month you will get some exclusive podcast content from us thank you so much for listening as always and we shall see you all next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.